Welcome to Therapy with Millennials, a podcast where we take our late night talks, aka our own therapy sessions, and put them on record for you to hear. We take a looser definition of therapy, so if you need to seek professional help, please do so. Our main goal is that in sharing our stories, you will relieve some of your tension and you will relate to us. So join us on this journey. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and join this listenership. And it helps us know how to get better. So please talk back to us. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Therapy with Millennials. This is Brittany. And of course, I'm joined by the lovely Malia. Woohoo! Hey, guys. How are you doing? I am exhausted. <laughs> I just came from the gym and my legs are still like pulsating a little bit. So I'm like cringing a little bit as I sit in this chair trying to be still so that the audio doesn't get royally screwed up. I'm not going to lie. I'm in a little bit of pain, guys. So we are still going strong for our In My Head series. And we are going to be talking about current events and trauma. A lot of you really wanted to know, like, what are our thoughts? And to be completely honest, and I don't know, Brittany, if this has been on your mind at all. But as I was listening to the end part of season two into our season three, I realized that we hadn't really addressed some of the stuff that was going on not intentionally from the standpoint of we're not going to talk about it, but like we just hadn't talked about it and it was getting into a weird place where I was feeling like we need to say something, Mm -hmm. even if it's just that we're not going to be involved in it. Uh, So I thought it was interesting that a couple of our listeners were like, Hey, can you please address like these current events and what you're doing to combat the anxiety and your thoughts? So what are your thoughts about that? Like that our listenership wants to know what we think. Um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty interesting, I guess. I mean, I always wonder why people want to know what I think, but (laughs) um, it's another way of like either confirming your, your, your feelings as well, or being, you know, like a relating kind of thing. And then just wanting to kind of understand where someone else is coming from too. I always, you know, like having multiple voices and opinions. So I think that's really cool that the listeners want to know you know, what we're thinking about these things. I was telling another friend of ours uh, from church that I honestly just like sometimes hearing other people's opinions. So I know I don't have, you're just crazy syndrome. Right. Sometimes sometimes I'll have a thought and I'm like, am I the only one who thinks that this is entirely crazy? And then you hear someone else say, no, this is like legitimately crazy. I'm like, thank (laughs) you. I feel so much less insane now. Thank you. Or like sometimes like you, you feel something you're deep into the emotions of it someone someone combats your idea with no that's legitimately insane and then you then you have a little bit of pushback to realize okay is this something that i really care about or is this just like the chocolate talking Mm. (laughs) or the pizza overnight pizza talking so we're just gonna go over a couple of news articles that are in the news right now guys literally every other article was this first one that we're gonna talk about so I'm, I'm very interested in what Brittany's thoughts are. I feel like we talked about this in the beginning with each other, but we haven't really talked a lot about it recently. What are your thoughts about Ukraine and Russia and responses to it? What is your response to it? Did you have an initial response and now you have a different response? What does that look like for you? Without getting like super political or whatever, what's going on is sad and it's devastating I feel helpless in this situation. With things like this, when it comes to war or devastation, I always like have this feeling of I should be doing something, but it's 
Like, I legitimately, I, like, physically can't be doing anything. I personally can't go over to Ukraine and fight for Ukraine. But I can sympathize, sympathize with people, or I can post certain news, um, or donate to certain things, mm-hmm. or Christian-wise, like, in church, we, we discussed this, and, you know, someone had, like, thought, she was like, you know, we can't all do something physically about it but of course as a christian we can sit there and we can pray you know that this ends soon and and well and recently i was talking with a student of mine who's from ukraine and they just said we were talking about holidays Mm -hmm. and different holidays that are celebrated and they just said you know we were talking about how like in like israel and our and our holidays as well a lot of holidays are to commemorate a war a war that we won or something like that or a success, we survived we succeeded so she said you know i just hope that what comes out of this is a holiday that we can celebrate that we succeeded which that really that really hit me normally sad to say but normally like current events sometimes don't affect me too much i guess or i I stay away from the news a lot but because i'm on social media you know you get bombarded with it anyway so this one has just like hit me a little bit more that's a good point about stances on like how you get your news and social media because for me i have really really gone down on my those social media and news intake for me between the election of uh, pre- former President Obama and then President Trump and President Biden, there was just a lot of noise and traffic and yelling and a, a lot of energy. And usually I love that energy. I love to just watch it happen. But I think something that was really discouraging for me personally was just seeing people that I really respected and loved kind of degrading people who had different opinions. And I am all for like disagreeing. Like I'm not going to agree just to agree for Brittany. I, I, I typically don't disagree to disagree <laughs> ever, <laughs> but uh, I'm kind of devil's advocate. I kind of enjoy that role, but One of the reasons that me and Brittany can do it most of the time is because I know that she knows I like to play devil's advocate and she, most of the time when she's in best of health, does not get offended when I play devil's advocate. Just online and social media removes for me the physicality, the realness of some saying those harsh words to someone's face. And I just saw a lot of harshness happening online. So I, I used to be hardcore for Facebook. I used to be hardcore for Instagram and I just hardcore got off of everything for like six months Mm. didn't really do anything just because it was really disappointing for me I felt like I lost a lot of respect for a lot of the people that I knew in day-to-day life I really liked them Mm. but just seeing them online made me feel disrespect for them I hardcore got off social media and then with COVID on top of that I used to have like three to four news outlets that I would follow pretty regularly And with COVID and then actually getting COVID, I just could not. It was like the drug of choice for everyone online. And there was never positive news usually. There was never anything good going on. It was just COVID wherever you looked. And I remember like even before we got COVID, uh, one time me and Brittany were in the car 
And we were just like so tired. I remember us being really, really tired. And this is before we even got COVID, like being really, really tired. And we had talked about work. We had talked about ourselves. We had talked about our faith. And I just remember telling her, I'm so sick of COVID. And guys, that sounds so harsh, but really, I was really so sick (laughs) of just everywhere I looked COVID, which Mm -hmm. I think is probably why we did our positive news episode. Yeah. It's just like, you got to put some good stuff out there because all you see is the bad, you know? Yeah. We just kept talking about that. We were like, you're just like, we're so tired of all of this news, like, I understand like stats or whatever need to be, or like people need to know these things, but it's like, and, and news is always like that. Every time I, every time I turn around, it's negative, it's bad things happening. And I'm just like, can we not like throw in some good here and there or like make it a little bigger of an issue, but people exploit or like push out the bad news. You know, I generally try to stay away from it. And that's why unless usually like someone I know is involved. So like my student who's from Ukraine, that connects me to the issue a little bit more. Recently, there was a um, terrorist attack in, I think they call it, a, I think they're calling it a terrorist attack, yeah, in Israel, and two people died off of a street that I used to frequent, you know, in Tel Aviv. And so my friends are still there. So I'm connected to that issue. And then I learn more about what's going on. Otherwise, I, I just can't sometimes. Like my mm-hmm. mind, I have to stay away from it. My mind cannot. It's a spiral. Yeah. I know I know. for me it's a spiral. And we, when we talked about it in the car, we talked about like the mental spirals that we go through and have to be really careful of. And I, I think one of the, oddly enough, I got this from my doctor. When I actually got COVID, he was just mentioning how I looked really bad, which is great when your doctor tells you that. But he was just like, you look really bad and you seem really down. Like, what have you been doing the last hour? And I, I just told him the truth. I was like, I've been surfing the news and reading the news. And he's, he just said very bluntly, is that helping you get better? Right. And I was kind of surprised as a COVID doctor. I felt like he, he should be encouraging me to watch the news. Uh. And I was like, well, no. He's like, is it making you happier? And I was like, no. He's like, I am giving you the permission to stop watching the news, especially while you have COVID. Go watch something fun. Go watch something non-productive, non-educational, unless it's it's something educational that you're interested in, and go do something else. Obviously, stay in your house, but also go, (laughs) go and watch something that is positive. Since then, I haven't really turned back. Not mm-hmm. the fact that like I, my eyes are blind and I'm walking around with my eyes closed and my hands over my eyes and my hands over my ears. Like, don't tell me bad stuff. No, 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 no. But I am more careful about it now. I don't just listen to stuff all the time. I don't just read stuff all the time. I just can't do it to myself. Right. Be, be personally and self-aware enough to know that these are the things that your your community does want to talk to you about. If you need to take care of yourself in private, and that way you're ready to have those conversations. Mm. Like there, there's a group that I'm involved in. It meets like once a month. And I specifically prepare my mind to be in that group, to either speak the ultimate truth or to be willing and gracious enough to hear someone's truth that I might not be prepared for. So like I prepare specifically for that day so that I am ready to be what I need to be and also to receive what I need to receive. So next on our list of great news that's going on is flying. Birds are are falling out of the sky, guys. It's not good. Between, I think it's, is it Boeing? Boeing planes are having some technical difficulties. 
And I'm usually not someone who fears flying. Uh, so for me, it, I feel like I've kind of ignored it because I, I feel like people are going to fix it ASAP because their stocks are going to go down and they're going to lose money. But I have some real people and real people in my life who really are scared of flying. So I'm trying to be aware of that and what that looks like. So what does awareness for yourself look like? And are you scared of flying now? So I'm not scared of flying. I guess I can be aware, but like flights, flights crashing have been happening since flights were invented and there's not much you can do about it. And I think I remember, I haven't looked at stats, so don't quote me on this. This was a while ago. Like the likelihood of me dying in an airplane is like less than me dying. I can't remember like dying by the, by, by uh, being eaten by a shark or something like that. Mm. So I know the numbers are self definitely still low for uh, dying in a car crash. Uh, dying in a plane crash versus dying in a car crash. car crash right it's way higher wow <laughs> so you know it's much more likely that i die in a car crash than a plane crash um of course that's because like cars are being driven consistently versus you know planes but so i don't really have a fear i i, I not a fear but i do say a prayer before I go up, I say a prayer when I come down. There's been a time that I've been on a plane or two where we've clapped when we've landed. <laughs> I've heard that's yes. a white person thing. Uh, that is a white person thing, but like low key guys, I had a, we'll just call it an experience that I will never, ever forget. But I was uh, grabbed because of how far we dropped out of the sky. And God bless this poor woman. She was scared to death. Oh. And having to deal with her made me unafraid right. of whatever was going on. <laughs> like, God bless her. She was terrified and she would not let me go. <laughs> so I guess I stay aware in the sense that, like, I know that plane crashes happen and that um, it's very, it's highly unlikely that I could be involved in one, but it is possible. I know that. So that's why I pray to the Lord before I jet off. Uh, that's I will admit though that is one small thing that has kept me from Korea <laughs> and Israel <laughs> is having to fly over a very large ocean. I do not love travel over water. I'm one of those people that would rather like us um, have to land or crash in the not crash but like land crazily in the ocean than like you know into a tree <laughs> or a tower. So <laughs> I, I would I'd take my chance with the tree. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. On dry land, I feel like it's more of a chance I can save myself. If it's I in was, water, like, I'm for, a dead dog. For me, I just think I'm like heart, like the earth is so much like more hard and definitely like a bigger impact than if I land on water. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you have that. I will let you have that. <laughs> Let's just pray we never have to do both. Goodness gracious. So we kind of mentioned it at the beginning, but I want to actually address it. So COVID's still a thing. It's still going on. Vaccines are out there. We're very grateful for the vaccines uh, and all the work that doctors and nurses. And I feel like this is the group of people that oftentimes get forgotten. But one of my uncles is actually one of these. Um, the staff, hospital staff. Uh, that have put so much energy, effort, and love and care into people who have gotten COVID. 
and making sure that vaccines get out there. Mm -hmm. And so what are your thoughts? Is COVID still a thing that's like really heavily on your mind? Is something that you think about a lot? Is it something that you feel like you're inundated with a lot of data? Uh, For me personally, I feel like since the Ukraine-Russia situation has started, COVID is kind of like a thing that I hear from my friends about, but it's not something that I see on the news anymore. Yeah. So for, for me, it, it almost feels thing. like COVID got forgotten. Right. So thoughts about that? Do you agree? Disagree? I agree. Like media wise, of course, they're like, well, we've got a new thing to talk about. So we're going to stop talking and it's another bad thing, you know. But for me, I mean, always I've been kind of on the side of like, you choose, you do you if you want the vaccine or not. Um, we already talked about it before. Like I'm vaccinated. I'm, I got vaccinated, not for myself. I got vaccinated so that I could be around other people that cared about it. I don't think it's like some crazy deal. I don't know. There, There's a lot of other people that are like, you know, way deep on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but now definitely like we're here unmasked all the time, mostly. And people are still... Uh, like things are restrictions are getting lifted more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm everywhere I'm at now, except for there's like one or two stores because I know that the people there is a small store and I know that the people there wear masks. I'll go in and wear a mask, but otherwise I'm unmasked. But then I feel, I feel a little better about it because I can tell people, you know, I'm vaccinated and boosted. I guess my vaccination was a people pleaser thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Do you regret it? No, I don't regret it. I mean, I think it's still good. Like for me, it's kind of like, it was kind of like the flu, the flu you're supposed, you're supposed to get a vaccine for every year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't because I get the flu anyways Mm -hmm. and I got COVID. I haven't gotten COVID since I got COVID before I was vaccinated. Mm -hmm. However, there could be a chance that I had it at some point, just didn't know because when I had COVID before I got vaccinated, I wasn't even that sick. So after vaccination, I probably didn't even feel anything. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that I've already had it as well. But I, yeah, I feel like now it's it's like slowly subsiding. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's subsiding. I'm at a point now that only the people that really matter know whether I'm vaccinated or not. Uh, because I don't really think anybody genuinely cares about personal opinion. They care about mm-hmm. their opinion, which is not to harsh on people's vibes about like your opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion definitely matters and it matters to you and it matters to your, in your family and that's your choices. But if we're really going to claim to be a medically free world, you can't hate on people for having it. And you can't hate on people for not having it. That is their medical choice. Yeah. So the people that matter will know uh, whether I am or I'm not, but I, I think it's amazing the fact that we have a vaccine so quickly uh that's been something that i've been really studying is how quickly the vaccine got out there how effective it's been um also practices with antibodies and uh monoclonal treatments for those who have had covid and also just immunity like how immunity works in the in the human body mm-hmm. and for those who are immunocompromised i just i found a love for the medical practices again. I, I, for those of you who don't know, when I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. 
And then I decided against that because I met a lot of money in school. <laughs> but I've, I've found a new love for just um, medical field and just learning more about my body and trying to understand, like, why does my body do that? And how is it keeping me safe? And like all the things that it's just regularly fighting and protecting me from, I'm very fascinated by my own body. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just very thankful for all the people who are helping keep me safe during this COVID season session Mm. that we're going through. And I just hope it keeps getting better. There's, there's still places that are very locked down and shut down. And so I just pray that we can all get to a place where we are out safely and that we can feel less anxiety about being around each other. Because I do think that that is deeply important that we're not separated for long periods of time. I really was going crazy <laughs> during quarantine. Um, it was necessary, but I really, for me, I was personally going crazy in quarantine. And I think that we definitely need each other. Even our introverted friends need each other. And uh, I, I just hope that we can safely go back to work, safely be with our families, and just make sure that you thank medical personnel if you see them. Uh, don't harsh on their vibes. Don't ask about their politics, their opinions. Just say thank you because there's so much that they're fighting and it's not even COVID. It's just the politics and all of the all of the just toxicity out there in the world. So mm-hmm. just give them a little bit of positive energy. Yeah. So next is neutrality. So we kind of talked about that a little bit before we started. How important is neutrality in the topics that we talked about? Like, why is that important to be neutral? Um, I, I don't know if it's important to be neutral. I think it's important to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. I'm trying to think like not peaceful, not I guess open-minded maybe. Hmm. Um, For me personally, I like peaceful better than open-minded, but I yeah. get where you're going with that. Just again, there's always like if there's someone on one side and someone on another side hmm. that you guys don't get into some fist fight because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, always respectful disagreement that we've talked about. Yeah. Um. So I think it's. <sighs> Honestly, well, I mean, I say this, but I'm in a blue-gray area. I mean, a black-gray, a gray area all the time. (laughs) I was going to let you figure out which gray you were in. (laughs) I'm in a gray gray area a lot of times because I see both sides sometimes. Mm -hmm. And not because I'm neutral. Like, neutral to me sounds like no opinion, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I think you should have some opinion. Whereas gray for me is like, I have both opinions, I guess. <laughs> like <laughs> I see both sides and I'm trying to figure out, is there one that weighs heavier on me? Or like, am I just kind of in the middle here? It's like, why can't we do a mixture of the two? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, for me, I care more about the peacefulness of an argument. Like I, I love a good fight. Like, that might be terrible to admit, but it's true. I love a good fight. And so I, I love for someone to strongly believe something and someone else to strongly believe the opposite side. Uh, where you kind of lose me is when you start to demean people. I don't care how right you are. 
if you need to demean someone to get your point across, you automatically lose points with me and you lose respect from me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love a good debate. I loved being in debate in high school. And I wish that people, I honestly wish that a lot of adults had to take debate classes because something that you learn while you're in debate classes is to get your point across in an educated way. And you're never supposed to yell. You're never supposed to mean your opponent. And you're supposed to walk away from that podium after whoever is declared the winner is the winner. And you're supposed to shake hands. And I just don't feel like we do that when we disagree or when we're claiming that we're neutral. I feel like we disagree and then we look at people sideways (laughs) and then we don't talk to each other. So I, I personally don't love the word neutral. I like the word that Brittany used, peaceful. I love it when someone is peaceful enough to know that I believe I'm still right and I might think that you're wrong, but that's not going to make me demean you in any way, shape, or form. Mm, Yeah. So the last current event that I have on the docket is Christian scandals. This was getting hot and steamy, but anything for everything from scandals to divorces and talking about church trauma because we're going to talk about trauma later so does church scandals like get to you like does that stuff kind of bother you nowadays i wouldn't put church and scandal together Mm. like i don't feel like in our church i don't feel like anything is really a scandal when i was in a more conservative church yeah maybe it's like every little thing was like (laughs) have you heard oh my god (laughs) did you see that the elder's daughter wore like her shoulders were showing. Oh my god! Did you did you see that skirt she was wearing? Oh. Literally, we had people leave the church because an elder's daughter was dressing the way a way that they didn't think she should be. Really? Yeah. Or at least that was the rumor. Mm. And like you know, just like the typical like stereotype, like the ladies, the church ladies gossiping mm-hmm. in the morning, you know. And I'm like, that is not what the church is about. Like, what are you doing? And Maybe I'm not in too deep at my church, but I feel like we don't have that at our church. Mm. I don't hear like gossip like that. Um, And our scandals, quote, scandals are things that we bring to the forefront and we let people know (laughs) and we're like honest about it. And we're Mm. and then the the person next to you is like, dude, I've been through that, too. Let's get through this together. Mm. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. (laughs) Mm. So, like a lot of the like publicized scandals i didn't know about that were going on uh world news has been too big for me to really see much of that but going to your point more about like personal scandals and stuff like that i'm just really trying to like guys i'm i i disagree i strongly disagree about a lot of things but i'm really trying to live at peace because i'm just too tired to fight (laughs) anymore like honestly like i'm just really tired of trying to fight And trying to get my point across because not a lot of people care. And so I, I just, I want to live at peace with all that is within me. That's what I've I've really been trying to tell myself. I'll, I'll touch my heart or I'll think in my head with all that is within me. I will try to be at peace with this person, this really irritating, annoying person that is in front of me currently. Not Brittany, but like whoever's in front, who's ever in you front of me, guys. <laughs> no, I was. I, I thought about it as I said. I was like, wait, this sounds bad. <laughs> no, but with whoever is in front of me, not looking at Brittany, and like whoever's in front of me, I just choose to see them in the best of light. 
I don't know what they've gone through. I don't know what COVID has done to them. I don't know if they have lost their job. I don't know if they're struggling with addiction. I just don't know. You literally might be talking to someone on just the wrong day. <laughs> like you decide to travel with someone on the wrong day. And so I'm just really trying to be aware that when I'm talking to someone at my best, or even when I'm just passionate about something might be their worst day of their life. So don't push too hard. Like don't give up on what you really care about, but also just be aware enough that you being heard in that moment might not be the most important thing that's going on in that room. I will say that involving like current church events, if there's any scandals going on, like in the public, I also don't know. I haven't I haven't like paid attention to that, Mm -hmm. but for things that have happened in the past or like, you know, a lot of things, anytime like children are involved with the church and and Mm -hmm. pastors and things like that, there's always a lot of issue with that, which Mm -hmm. I can tell, like for me, I'm like, if they were doing, they were not following the Christian path basically. Mm -hmm. So at that point it's like, but I can understand people's apprehension Mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, I haven't really kept up with anything that's going on. Mm -hmm. So transitioning now to trauma, we had a couple of questions about like religious trauma, how we're dealing with trauma. So I guess I'll just ask you straight up. Are you comfortable dealing with your trauma and are you comfortable dealing with other people's trauma? And I'll ask you the question also. Um, I guess I'm more comfortable dealing with my trauma. Maybe, I don't know maybe with other people's if it's like similar to mine mm-hmm. or I think I'm comfortable with dealing with my trauma, but then I, I'm always like, I don't have that much trauma. Cause like when my therapist asked me like, what have you had any traumatic or has anything traumatic led to the way you're feeling now or something like that? Some mm-hmm. a similar question. I was like, well, I mean like, I mean my mom, you know, and I talked about my mom and, I was like, but I don't know. You know, I was like, I'm always wary to call things traumatic. And she was like, no, that's a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, so I'm like half and half, I guess, on dealing with my trauma. Mm. I feel better dealing with other people's trauma than my own trauma. Just because I, I get upset in a, in events like, someone else's trauma will trigger a past trauma for me. And then I will kind of have an event where I get really sad for like a moment. And I allow myself to feel all the sadness at one point. And then like, I quote unquote, get over it for a period (laughs) of time so I can process it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I have to like kind of relive that trauma so I can actually, actually process it in my day to day life. So there's been a couple of like old traumas recently that I've really had to intentionally bring to the forefront of my mind, but they were triggered by other people's trauma. So I would say in the past, definitely other people's trauma, not my own. I'm trying to get better for me now. Still other people's trauma is easier for me. And I'm trying to be more comfortable with my own trauma and dealing with it quicker. I also know though that that's, I can't force myself to feel feelings that I don't feel in the moment. So it's not going to look like maybe the way someone would be like, oh, you should just process it in the moment. You should do it right now. I'm not going to always feel it right then, right now. And it kind of depends on who I'm around, whether I feel safe enough to be my rawest form of myself. But I'm, I'm learning to intentionally feel those feelings and not just suppress them. 
So that that would definitely be my vibe right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you deal with religious trauma? So we talked about this a little bit in, well, no, a lot of it in season one of a church hurt. So how do you deal with church trauma? Like, has there been any new church trauma that has happened? And how do you deal with other people's church trauma? I don't think I've had any church trauma. Um, How I deal with other people's church trauma, I mean, recently, um, how I deal with other people's church trauma, similar to my own, like, actual trauma is like, especially if I've gone through the trauma they're going through, then I, I try to talk with them about it or help them or see, you know, see, let them know what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, past trauma. I think I like, I bring it up occasionally just like, I guess, past church things that have happened. But now that I've found a better place where it's not happening, mm-hmm. um, those kind of go away that trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, there hasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of like new trauma that's happened, really. Yeah. I, I think that there was two old traumas that I'm just recently came to the forefront and I'm trying to process and deal with. And I think it makes, it used to make me very paranoid about situations that like kind of re-traumatize me and make me think that, oh, this person's about to be traumatized by this person and not realizing that just because you know there's rapes voices just because people are disagreeing does not mean that it's a automatically a toxic situation Mm-mm. and that i can't make everyone the situation that i experience so i i try i'm trying to see situations as separate and apart and then also with religious trauma i'm just i'm in a lot of relationships right now that either someone has been traumatized by church and they no longer want anything to do with church or they aren't interested in church, but they're interested in God's people. And I just find that really fascinating that God is allowing me to be in those situations. When I literally told him two years ago, I'm ready to unpeople. I literally want these six people in my life and no more people. And then he involved like, 10 to 24 new people in my life and has not allowed me to kick them to the curb. Um, <laughs> so unpeopling didn't work for me, uh-huh, uh-huh. but I, I just find it really interesting that there's a lot of people in my life right now that are, there's a term called unchurched, um, which basically means just spiritual, but not going to church. And I have a lot of people who intentionally don't want to come back to church because of church hurt. And I'm trying to be realistic enough that saying, you know, hurt people, hurt people is not a kind enough and a reasonable enough reason. I'm just really trying to have faith that, you know, the same thing that brought me back to faith, which was God and his faithfulness and his love and care for me will bring these people back. And I'm just really trying to be prayerful in those relationships so that Mm -hmm. I don't think that I need to be the calming bomb or the healing bomb. Like I can't fix the situation. Right. I can only be present to what's actually happening. Right. So a question that someone brought up that I'm like, Oh, don't expose me like that. Please don't expose <laughs> me like that. That feels really unfair. She asked, why do we laugh at our trauma? Mm. I think it's another way of not dealing with it. 
mm. or dealing with it at the same time. It's a way to lighten lighten the mood, lighten it up a little bit. Because it's for me, like it's so deep that it's like, what else can I do but laugh at it? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, me being a seven, I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. So let me just let me just laugh at it. That was no big deal. Mm. When actually it was pretty big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like things that have happened in my past, like my mom passing and me attempting to, or not even attempting, but thinking about hurting myself. Um, those kind of things. I, well, I wouldn't say I laugh at them. Those specifically. But I guess just when you're talking about hurt mm-hmm. and things like that you tend to like it's dark for a while. the way i work it's dark for a while and then i i make a joke so that we could get out of the darkness <laughs> yeah i i've had to be really aware uh i had this pointed out to me when i was in high school that malia you laugh at really inappropriate times and there's a part of me that really wanted to be defensive and like no i don't i don't and then I really just had to watch myself for a little bit and realize that, wow, I really do laugh at really inappropriate times. And so I, I try to catch myself when I do that because it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily matter that that is my nervous trigger, that that's what I do when I feel nervous. It, it invalidates sometimes the person that I'm trying to listen and pay attention to and be present right. with. So I try to be cognizant that my nervousness comes off as laughter. Yeah. I was like, some people, some people are just nervous or don't have an answer or don't know what to say. So they laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I try to be aware of it from that standpoint. For myself personally, I don't know if I laugh at my trauma but I get really defensive when I realize that, oh, wait, this thing tried to take me out or this event tried to take me out or this experience tried to take me out. And I'm like, oh, no, it's go time. <laughs> so it's like that part of me is like a cocky life. Like, oh, it's on. It's game on. Satan was trifling. Let's go. <laughs> so I, I have two responses. I, I laugh out of nervousness, but a lot less since high school. But I still catch myself sometimes doing it. But Sometimes when I laugh now, it's like game on. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's do this thing. So for me, I guess that it kind of puts myself in a place where, okay, yes, I just experienced a trauma or something that was sad, but I can either wallow or I can attack it. Mm-hmm. And it might mean that I need help attacking it, but I'm I, I refuse to let it take me out. Like it tried to take me out, and as soon as I realize that, I'm like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> So I, I just try to be aware that nervousness and and aggression have their appropriate places. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure that they're in their appropriate places. Yeah. So what does, what's an example of a trauma? It doesn't have to be religious. It can be any kind of trauma. And what does a recovery look like for you? It can be a big trauma, a little trauma. Um, I'll go first. So a big trauma that I had a couple of years ago was there was just a lot of, not a lot, there was enough for, for me to be traumatic. There was enough relationships that were changing and becoming something else and changing in ways that I realized after a lot of time. I couldn't fix. There was nothing I could do to fix them. They were just going to die. 
and that there was nothing I could say. There was nothing I could do. I just need to let them die. And I fought that process so hard and was sadder and angrier and worse for the, for the, for the dealings of fighting the process. And so that was a trauma that I experienced about a year, year and a half ago. And how I'm recovering from that is just realizing that not all relationships that I really desire are going to always exist and that I need to have space for that. And it doesn't mean that I just like snip snip. <laughs> like I think, I think of, of the two of us, I'm probably more someone who would consider like this person is getting on my nerve or this person appears to be toxic. I need to cut them off. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to be aware that like, it's okay to let people drift away. Cause when I see someone drifting, I'm like, Oh, it's time to reel them back in. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm tr- what was that? Yeah. Sorry. That was the <laughs> fire truck. Uh, I was like, do I need to let you go? <laughs> um, I tried to, what was it? Uh, I tried to reel them back in to my energy, my excitement, my positivity, my whatever. And I'm just trying to really have grace and capacity that, you know, someone needing me less means that someone else can need me more. It also means that I can just need myself. I can give myself that space to just not have to care. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. And there's a couple of situations recently that old me, year and a half me would insert herself into some situations. And now I, it's not that I don't care. I do care and I think about those situations often, but I just have no desire to be involved in them unless someone asks me to be involved in them and actually want to deal with the problem. And so I am, recovery for me looks like taking ownership of the part that I had in, in those situations, which is being too involved and uh, caring too much about mm, definitions of friendship and definitions of relationship and not realizing that I can be thankful for a relationship and it can go. I can be sad about a relationship and it can go. I can be upset about a relationship and it can still go. And that does not make me any less me. And that does not make me a terrible person. It just, our time might be over. Like kind of like seasons. Like I, I feel like I didn't describe that well when we did that episode, but like, I really do think that some people are seasonal Mm-hmm. And we try to make them year round people and they're just not. And so I'm trying to have space for seasonal people and year round people and not try to judge the fact that someone is not one of one or the other. For me, I think similar in some ways, but I think the past year, year and a half for both of us has been a pretty big like shift in things for us. And so starting i think mostly with the thoughts of hurting myself um, and then seeking therapy and realizing that i was in some not great relationships and it was partly me partly the other people um that really just started to help me gain a new mindset um and take control of my life a little bit more and have my own thoughts and opinions and figure myself out more um though i'm not a two i'm a big people pleaser um and i think too much about what other people need or want 
um, in my job, in my job, especially, but in just life in general. So this year has been about like figuring out who Brittany is. I think I've talked that, about that in like multiple episodes. It's like just figuring out who I am, not labeling myself as like, I'm someone's sister. I'm someone's friend. I'm someone's coworker. I'm someone's teacher. I'm Brittany and this is who I am kind of thing. So it was gaining a new, to help me like get over the trauma was gaining a new mindset because I had gotten into such a bad mindset that I wanted to hurt myself, that I thought I wasn't good enough. Um, That was my big thing is like, I'm not good enough for anything. And now like just constantly having to tell myself, not only are you good enough, you're great. So talking about self-discovery and self-care kind of to me is the perfect way to kind of go into our last segment that we have. So Brittany and I have a announcement. Mm -hmm. We are, well, for different reasons, but we are taking some, a note from previous us. And I actually was listening to this episode and it gave me a lot of courage to make this announcement. Uh, At the beginning, we said that, you know, we love the podcast, but it was each other over the podcast. Yeah. And so it is with a heavy heart, but no regret that we let you know that this third season is actually going to be our final season of therapy with millennials. Mm -hmm. We both just had a lot going on in our personal lives and just really want to focus on our relationship with God, our relationship with each other and doing some self-reflection. What do you think for you was like a a major factor of making this decision? So this does have, the the reason this has to do a lot with self-care is because like Malia said, we're both very busy. We've got a lot going on. We're trying to figure out different new directions in our lives. And like she said, we always said it was us before the podcast. Hmm. And I think we can both agree that though we've enjoyed and we love doing this podcast, we're both, we both have different objectives and goals Hmm. and it was becoming a stressor on our relationship. Mm. And we want to get to a place where we're back to being us and not us with the podcast, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. And I think Malia can would agree. But um, so it's not a it's for me, it's not a, like a finality, like we're never coming back kind of thing. <laughs> But it's definitely like it's a, a hiatus it's for those a, of you who are into K-pop. Hiatus, <laughs> hiatus, which can mean anywhere from six months to like five years. So sorry, <laughs> I have no, I have no clear, um, clear back from hiatus for you. Um, but for now, it's it's the end, um, and we feel we feel good about it. We're peaceful. Um, we we had a discussion about it and came to the decision together. Um, and we're still friends. <laughs> yes, we survived. That was we my survived. main thing from the beginning. I was like, we survived working and we're not still friends. And we still pissed at this podcast. <laughs> we survived working together. Um, yeah. and I mean, we only, and we're surviving because we are stopping it. <laughs> <laughs> I can be real enough to say that. Yes. <laughs> and we both know, we both know. Uh, we work differently. We have different perspectives and we were not going to therapy together. So <laughs> yeah, like the next step for the therapy with millennials podcast season four was going to be us in therapy. Yeah, basically <laughs> their friendship has been, um, has been put on, has been put to trial and they need to go to therapy together. 
I'm literally listening to a podcast where she she records her therapy sessions. I was like, oh, this could be that could have been me and Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. We're like the weird straight couple. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely it's definitely self-care for both of us we've got a lot going on mm. we love you guys and we love that the people are listening and so we hope that um you're not too devastated by this but you know you've got a lot of opportunity to go back um and and re-listen and still you know share with us it's not like we're gonna shut anything down so mm. always look to you know and we're, we're both working on different stuff Brittany with her job and i'm planning on starting my own podcast and so we're, we're still doing things, but I just, I, for me personally, the moment that I really realized that, you know, I think we might need to go in a different direction is just realizing that we had gotten to a point with schedules and life and just everything where the only time we were able to get together was for podcasting. Right. And as much as I love it, it was becoming the thing that I was starting to hate. Because yep. the only reason we were getting together was for podcasting. Yeah. And so I I just, <laughs> again, this is going to sound super not straight, but like, I just, I want Brittany to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to share her with you guys. Sorry about it. Not sorry. I mean, I agree. We, <laughs> we started this because we take late night drives together. Right. And yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. let's put them out there for people. So our late night drives have become the podcast, which is great. But we no longer have those late night drives for her and I to just chill. talk mm-hmm. and chill and, and, and not talk at the same time. So mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get those back. And I, I think that the reason why I love that we can, it's not just like a, oh, I had a like ending quote and you had an ending quote. The thing I love about this and being able to end it in an honoring way is that we both can acknowledge our parts where we were weakened, our parts where we were good in. By the end of the day, we really did choose each other over yeah. this podcast. And I think that that's the thing that I want to give you guys as a closing parting thing is uh, choose your the people in your life who are important to you over whatever your ambition is. Mm. Whether it's ambition, whether it's a goal, whether it's a dream, make sure that you're taking the people who really matter in your life with you and not leaving them behind for the sake of ambition mm. or a dream. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean that you go with them like, Neither of us know where we're going to be in the next couple of years, but I know that I'm going to take my friendship with Brit- with Brittany with me wherever I go yeah. and likewise for her. And so choose each other over everything. We're going to finish this season. We're going to try to make it the best that we can for you guys. Um, chat with us on Instagram and let us know how we're doing. And at the end of the day, thank you guys so much for your commitment to the podcast mm-hmm. and for following this journey. I really Definitely. appreciate you. Thank you guys. We really, we really love you guys. And we're thankful that we could do this for as long as we did. Mm. Almost three years, dude. <laughs> your marriage or baby, however you look at it. Crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Bye guys. We love you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Therapy with Millennials. To keep up to date on our episodes, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Come follow us on Instagram at Therapy with Millennials. Have any suggestions for the show or want to get in contact with us? Email us at twithmillennials at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.